Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. A slew of Montana natives claimed gold medals, and the Montana State men's and women's track teams had their best cumulative finish in a decade at the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships over the weekend in Pocatello, Idaho. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. On the women's side, Elena Carter, a Helena native, shared the most valuable athlete award after leading the Bobcats to a second-place finish behind untouchable powerhouse Northern Arizona. Carter earned a gold medal in the long jump and the 100-meter hurdles while getting second place in the 100 meters and running a leg on MSU's sprint relay team. Alex Hellenberg shared Most Valuable Athlete Award for the Bobcats after finishing second in the long jump Friday and winning the triple jump and the pole vault on Saturday. Other champions with Montana Roots for MSU, which finished second in the men's competition as well, included distance running phenom Duncan Hamilton, who won the steeplechase Friday and placed in the 1,500 and 5,000 meters on Saturday. Fellow Bozeman product Lucy Corbett won the women's high jump Friday. For the University of Montana, Kalispell's Evan Todd earned the first men's Big Sky Individual Championship of the weekend for the Grizz by winning the Javelin. Forsyth native Paul Johnstone reached the podium in the 400 meters. For more on the Big Sky Outdoor Championships, tune into Nuanas now this week. At the Pac-12 Outdoor Championships, Billings native Christina Aragon capped her senior year by placing second for Stanford in the women's 1500 meters, and Missoula's Ashley McElmurray finished fifth for Nebraska in the women's long jump. What up, Montana? Welcome back. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching in. We're back on SWX Montana Television. This one's good. <laughs> Real time radio here on. I got ESPN. a lot of disconnected uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. mics here. Missing <laughs> the first hour of the show. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Get your week kicked off, by the way. And you can always find it uh, anything from the first hour. We did the Montana Sports Hour talking 
Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field. The news of the day, which is longtime Weber State head coach Randy Ray retiring uh, as the men's basketball coach there at Weber. And uh, also talk some Big Sky and NFL football and give you some updates on some of the native Montanans who run college track outside of the state's borders as well. So you can find all that on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as the advocates. Speaking of Sportsbet Montana, if you've ever wondered uh, about sports gambling, uh, what's a point spread? What's a parlay? What's a money line? What's the over-under? What's all that stuff? Just the basics, the ins and outs. We're hosting remote broadcasts from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Friday, and then from Paradise Falls from 1 until 4 p.m. on Saturday. Sportsbet Montana will have some people, some liaisons down there to answer all your questions. We'll be hanging out, so come hang out with us, and uh, maybe you can get some of your questions answered, whether it's from me or some of the other people at ESPN Radio or some of the fine folks at Sportsbet Montana. So come uh, say what's up to us. You want to stream the show, listen to the show somewhere besides your traditional radio and or television, you always can by visiting our station website, 1029ESPN.com, or by downloading our ESPN Montana app. ESPN Montana app, great way to stream and or listen to the show anywhere, anytime, both live and archived. So go get that in your life. You're going to definitely want that one. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It's like Back to the Future around here. We got Tommy Evans producing the show. We got Tucker Sargent sitting shotgun on the show. And uh, what a time to be alive. I can't believe that we have so many options around here now. Both Andrew Houghton and Jeff Safford been doing a great job producing the show. But fun having Tommy back there behind the glass as well. And fun having this guy, Tucker Sargent, in studio with me. He's back from uh, what I think was described to me as inhumanly hot, uh, miserably hot, insufferably hot, too hot to live. Uh, several people that we know that are associated with us here at Missoula Broadcast Academy were uh, at the MCLA National Championship Tournament down in Round Rock, Texas, right outside of, right outside of Austin, excuse me, to watch the Grizzly Cross team. And it uh, sounds like it was bacon down there, but none of that seemed to matter because Montana... A banner year, a landmark year, a Final Four run in the national tournament. And, uh, I mean, I think that you could say definitively, right, this is the greatest Grizzly Cross season since when I first got to know you when you guys won the national championship when you were a player back in 2007. You know, it's thank you for having me on the show and all those kind remarks. And yes, Austin is hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Even when we we're walking the studio, yeah. it's like, man, it was so hot down there. I was like, I know. I talked to you on the phone four times last week. It's all you guys could talk about. <laughs> is there is there any way to turn this up in here? Uh, I, I, maybe. I got, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can get I'm some better headphones. There we go. There, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 there's sounds... some dulcet tones. Yeah, there we go. See, Tucker's actually like a professional at this, so he actually cares. Most guests are like, no, I don't even want the headphones. I don't want to hear what I sound like. But you know, you got to well, you get you gotta, used to it. And when you when you don't have the oh, feedback, then we don't have it. You don't know. You, you oh, don't it's know essential what you're doing, for so. sure. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 was an incredible year, and it's it, it's kind of funny to say that because we've had some other you know good years and 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 good teams, and you know going into this year, the, it wasn't like there was this feeling like, yeah, this is going to be the year where we make a run. Mm, um, it, I felt like, you know, we could. Sure. Um, think, but it you know, wasn't like this pressure, like we have to go. No, it, it, it wasn't year. really until about, 
Mark. Leading up to the conference championship, I'd say, when I started looking around the landscape of the teams that were likely going to go, um, knowing the fact that, you know, whether we won or lost the championship, there was a good chance we were going to go uh, either as an automatic qualifier or as an at-large bid. But, you know, because we put together a record and had some, you know, good top uh, 25, a number of top 25 wins throughout the season, you know, we, we were poised to probably get a at-large as well. So I started looking around the competition and, you know, watching film on some teams in preparation for the College of Idaho game, which was also the number one team at the time, and thinking that, like, you know, watching cool. the game that, that absolutely, the team that, you know, just beat us out of the barn in our own house. Right. Um, and watching that again and realizing like, man, seeing what they do, I don't feel like the way we're playing now that, that they're really going to do this again. Like, you know, it was right. one of those games where you look back and you're like, we just played terribly for about two and a half quarters, almost three full quarters where it really fell apart and we weren't able to pull it back together. But since then, and making some adjustments with the teams we've been playing, you know, much stronger ball. Kids have kind of fallen into new roles, embraced them, learn, you know, and you learn and grow as a team throughout the season that it felt like looking at the landscape, there wasn't a team that I was too terribly afraid to, you know, go up against. And so that's when it was looking like, all right, we, we should start pushing a little bit harder now and, and make trying to make a run and, and taking some risks and, you know, you know, not playing certain guys that were playing more or giving guys who hadn't seen much, but stuff that we saw at the end kind of changing roles and giving opportunities to, um, and, and really going for it then. And, and I think you saw, you know, obviously it, it played out in our favor and it's just crazy to think back, you get to the semifinals and you're just like, wow, we're, we're two wins away from being at our ultimate goal. Sure, right. <laughs> it happens so quick. You're just like, you know, the way this tournament works is not that unlike the NCAA tournament. Sure. You know, it, and we yeah, barely win a game and half the field is eliminated. It, yeah. I mean, after day one, it's like the great slaughter. Like kids are, you're, right. you're in hotels with these guys and, and everyone's like, fired oh, up man, on day one. Yeah. And then everyone's hanging their head on day two yeah, going yeah. home. And, you know, dreams and aspirations either crushed or made in the matter of moments. And, you know, that first round, I think, is really the hardest because, again, there's it's 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 only 16 teams that get invited and it's uh, everyone's good. And, sure. it, you know, in, a, in like any game, a couple bounces or calls go one way or the other. You know, there's a human element to it. You know, some pe- it, players and referees, I'm not just picking on the refs, but, you know, and it's, it's a high, it's, it's higher stakes than normal, which is always sort of funny because like it's the same game and these are teams you could see in the regular season. But because of that, like it's do or die, you're on the national stage. You know, some people rise, some people crumble. Um, and not saying for the whole game, but just in moments, you know, boneheaded decisions are made, and you know we go up seven to two or at ha- at the half, and you're thinking we're you know we're we're running away with this, but you know it, it was a plucky, good, you know, athletic Florida Gulf Coast team that got a couple goals in the second half and felt like they had life all of a sudden and started firing, and I think we got a little too comfortable with the lead at halftime, and you know that stuff changes and fortunately we were able to score one with 12 seconds left but i mean really we were 12 we were 12 seconds from going to overtime and then it's anybody's game sure and you know so escaping that first round is really really difficult um but once we did that you know guys can breathe a little bit like all right ah, like we've been to the first round twice 
prior in my, in my tenure as coach and hadn't gotten out of it. And I think even for me as a coach, it was just like, you know, this this team, other than those other two, I felt like it was like, man, we're, we're lucky to be here. Um, the, the team that we brought this year was one where I really felt like, no, we belong here and we, we should make a run. And, you know, but it almost didn't happen. And, you know, we had a big goal from Ben Jaden, the midi who had missed, you know, our conference championship with an injury to his kidney. He got a, a stick to the side that he was out and he couldn't really practice up until that, you know, up until we got to Texas um, because it was one of those injuries that you just time is the only thing you can do for it. And he hadn't see, he hadn't played much. He had an Achilles injury early in the year. He's a good player, but just kind of plagued. He missed, I think, seven games this season. But got healthy and got right at the right moment and came in and scored a big goal for us that put us over the top. Um, and then you can only enjoy it for about, you know, an hour because then you get back to the hotel and you have to start preparing for the game the next day. And that that right there is, you know, that turnaround is really tough, too, because you got a new opponent. You, you have more time. You know who your opponent is for about a week. Right. To For the first round to scout him and, and go through that. And then the next day is like read and react. Sure. And uh, is that better in some ways? Less thinking, more just executing what you already know you should be playing. I, I like? think it depends on the team and the opponent. That's interesting. You know, like you might how, draw just like a terrible matchup or something. Right. Or yeah, maybe so, you drop the draw a great matchup. Yeah. So I think in our instance, it, it was probably not bad for us because this team, the way we matched up to them naturally, was in our favor. Um, so yeah, I think read and react in that aspect was a better way to go about it and they had some very good athletic players I think if you spend too much time especially as a player looking at you know you can sort of psych yourself out and kind of intimidate yourself by seeing you know someone's athleticism and start thinking about it more versus just going out and playing them um, which is what we did and I think that was uh, the the case for us there and that that's why that worked out you know we we got ahead in that game and they they always hung around where you never felt like you've got this in the bag, sure. but there was also never the point where it was like, oh man, they're, they're starting to, to build and catch. I think we had a four goal lead for a majority of that game. So that was a, that was a nicer, calmer, easier victory than the overtime one around two. New Orleans now ESPN radio, SWX Montana television, as well as the ESPN Montana app. If you don't got it, go get it. You got to have it in your life. I promise you it's going to improve all of your habits, whether you're trying to follow Grizzly Cross. Tucker Sargent in studio, Grizz Lacrosse head coach, or Grizz Hockey, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, or this show, live or archived, always. we got a bunch of other fun stuff coming up for you on the ESPN Montana app as well, so stay tuned for that. We are coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You can check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting online, nwmsrocks.com, or you can swing by their lot here in Missoula, the corner of Stevens and Mount. Uh, this is so interesting. I told the story on the show last week, and I've told you this story uh, probably on air and off the air as well. But, I mean, you're a part of the story, so, of course, you know. But when we were in college, uh, Tucker and I are about the same age. We were at the University of Montana at the same time. And uh, I got a job at the Montana Cayman heading into the fall of 2007, but it was in the spring of 2007. And it was my first uh, – I hadn't even yet been accepted to journalism school, but I started working at the student newspaper. And they were like, hey, you want to do a couple stories uh, to finish out the spring here to kind of get yourself a little jump start on the fall? And I was like, sure, sounds good, you know, awesome. And my sports editor was like, you should do a feature on the Grizz Lacrosse team. They just won the national championship. And I remember doing a story on you guys, and that was when I first met you. But compare and contrast for the people, because you were here 
how long had Grizzly Cross been around when you guys won that national championship? About 10 years? Yeah, roughly 10 years, but I'd say the first seven of those were, were pretty ragtag. Not cl- real organized not, or fundraised or No, nah, you know, I mean, you're, you're going back to the days of, like, you know, Kids ha- driving themselves in cars, smoking cigarettes on the side, you know, not <laughs> sure. on the sideline, but in the parking lot. Sure. Like it, it was um, about three years prior to me getting here, I'd say, is when yeah. there was a good group of guys that really um, decided to get organized and, and put talent together and make a commitment to make this a program that, you know, it's, it's going to be something that attracts people to Montana and make it a, a thing that. Um, you know that you're proud of and you work for and treat it like it's a varsity sport and th- so that was uh just before i got here lacrosse is uh, among if not maybe the most like regionalized sport that's changing now but up until what the last you know handful of if not maybe the last 10 years people out west know about lacrosse a little more like idaho has has high school lacrosse now mm-hmm. there's some the actual real high school clubs in montana and stuff but it was sort of a, a foreign entity out here. Like when I was writing that feature story on you guys, it was half about the accomplishment and half about this sport and it's just his existence in Montana. But yeah. you're, you're an East Coast guy, and Will Freihofer is our mutual buddy yep. who uh, was part of that story too. He's an East Coast guy. There was a bunch of East Coast guys on that team. But what made you guys believe, not only from when you were a player perspective, obviously you come here, you want to compete on the field, but then after your play days were over and you sort of took the reins of this thing, what made you believe that you could build this here in Montana? Well, you know, it, I I spoke with someone earlier about this, and um, when we when we were on the team, the belief was that we just looked around and we realized there was a lot of good players. Yeah, and you know, we knew we had talent and wanting to take advantage of that. Um, but it was also largely luck. Like there wasn't anyone orchestrating behind the scenes, pulling the different guys together to put the team. It was really just like, wow, I don't know why. And, but a bunch of people either came to Montana who were very good lacrosse players or who transferred into Montana, like myself, yeah. who had played elsewhere. And well, part of it was just how popular and thriving the university was. Right, no, time, it, it right? was the I mean, time. And there was, in, you know, the guys that transferred, like like me, had a, a friend that I grew up with, Will Freihofer, who sure. worked at the time and with yep. you as well, um, who just called me up and said, you know, hey, I know you're looking at changing schools. You got to look at Montana. Come check it out. And, you know, if you'd asked me in high school where Montana was, I probably would just point somewhere left on the side of the map <laughs> right, saying right. over that way. Yeah, right. Um, but, at, you know, came out here, fell in love with it. And really, it was the lacrosse team that, that you know ingratiated me and made me love the university of montana because it was such a tight-knit group of guys it was something that i had you know tied me to the school made me proud to be a part of and obviously winning and all that was was a lot of fun but once that group that main group of about 20 guys graduated there wasn't really anything left. There's and no it, carryover. There right. was there was no carryover. There was no plan. It was really just like blind luck that this ha- that was all pulled together. And you know, right after I graduated too, I think it was the 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 year the year after the uh, we we lost our coach who got a job and had to move to another state. So there was really no one looking over the program. And so it was myself and another guy, Wes Armstrong, who kind of stepped in as an interim, you know, fall coach to just hold it together, to not let it fall apart. And we were actively searching and trying to recruit coaches out to Montana um, to kind of take take this over. And, you know, so we could hand off what we had done and, and let someone else do it. But the problem is 
Missoula at the time didn't have a booming economy. It was hard to get someone here. There was no one local that had the knowledge or the ability to coach at the time. And so we interviewed a number of... The good old days when you could live in Missoula for like 250 bucks <laughs> for your apartment, <laughs> right. right? But yeah. you're also probably making like 550 an hour working out at the yeah. fire joint but, or you know, so someone had to come and get another job and there wasn't, you know, it was a really hard sell. And so we, we weren't able to land it. We got people interested, but they all called back and said, I, I you know... I can't make this work. And so it, it sort of just fell into my lap where I was like, okay, I'm going to hold on to this for a year and see what happens and um, became the coach that way. And I'll tell you, year one, I was a bad coach. Like, <laughs> no idea what I was doing. There was a number of kids on the team that I had played with, you know, were like so freshmen. It's awkward. It's, it's awkward. I mean, you're, yeah, you're all of what, probably 25 years old at yep. this time? And it, it, it makes it really tough. And also, like, coaching is very different than playing. For sure. And you don't need to be a good player to be a good coach. And in a fact, lot of times, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. And, and yeah. yeah, a lot of times people look back and say, well, this is how I did it. And that's not really how you coach. No. Coaching is about teaching, coaching is about mentoring, coaching is about, you know, finding what motivates people and pushing Maximizing them that way. Maximizing individual Absolutely. And so yeah. I'd say the first couple of years, um, I mean, you can look at the record. They weren't good. I think my first year we were like two and eight and it was a, it was a tough season. And, but I will say we did have some kids that, you know, were freshmen my first year that really bought in and also found the love for the program and I think if I did one thing right is convey that, like love for the program yep. and love for the University of Montana. And those guys became sort of the building blocks for which we've developed the program over, where they really cared. You know, we were in a tough division without a, without a big roster, with not a ton of talent, but they cared and they got better each year. And I think by the end of their senior year, you know, I think our best season was like six and nine. And, you know, they, they were able to squeak out some wins, you know, some quality wins there and stuff to be proud of, some, you know, some underdog wins that no one expected us to get because of just their, their desire grit. And I think I learned a lot from them um, about what it takes to, you know, bond with people and motivate and build relationships that are lasting. And those guys, you know, it's been a, a process of building from the ground up. I mean, we started really at zero after that. And just finding high character guys, and a lot of them are still in town. Like they still live here. They stayed in Missoula. Right. They've they've they're in the youth coaching now. Um, so they've really given back to the program and continue to support the current guys tremendously. And so that took a you know it takes years to do that. And I'd say within the last five years, I mean I've had to go to coaching clinics, talk to everyone, learn. I mean really personal development, um, and also just like finding the right people and recruiting and bringing kids from out of state that, you know, Montana's not for everyone. Understanding for sure. that you want to get a high quality player, but you also want to get a kid that wants to be at the University of Montana. Like, is academically, is it correct? Is, you know, socially the environment, you know, it's it can be cold here. It can be gray. Like, you know, are you comfortable with all that stuff? But if you are, there's a lot of other great things about Montana, Missoula, the community that we really preach. And one thing that I tell every kid coming into this is, you know, regardless if it's Montana or any other school that you're looking at, imagine yourself being at this university, not playing lacrosse, because if you can do that, then right. you should be here. Totally. And that's you, what I, that should be a recruiting pitch for all of the coaches. I, I, I mean, I think it should be just across the board for because sure. the Football, last thing, basketball, right, right. the last thing you want is to get a kid in and then, yeah, so lacrosse works out. But if you're not happy with the environment or the academics or whatever yeah. it is, like, they're not going to last. And that for was sure. me when I was in Connecticut. Right. Like, I went there for lacrosse. I enjoyed that. 
but that was it. I, you know, For the sure. school was too small. Yeah. They, I didn't really click with everything, and I left. Yeah. And so, like, you don't want a kid to leave. Like, you, you we want to bring in four-year guys. We want to get guys that are going to be alumni and continue the tradition and passion and support of not just the lacrosse program but the university. So that's that's something that we've built over the years that I think has been really important, and that's why you see it. It's taken this long. Like, it takes a long time to build it up. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Tucker Sargent, the Grizzly Cross team, back from the MCLA National Championship Tournament. A final four appearance for the Grizz. Two wins, the first two postseason wins for Grizzly Cross in 15 years. So a, a banner year for Montana, no doubt. So then that brings us all the way to this then, where you were on the national championship team in 2007. Now you coached this team that went to the final four this year. Compare and contrast. Because I read your quote in the Missoula, and you said it's objectively different, significantly different in a lot of ways, maybe even more fun to be a coach, right? Yeah, well... You could never really replace our uh, heyday as athletes. Yeah, right. It's easy to fall back. You know, you're in better shape. And I remember my mom saying after we won that, she goes, remember this moment because this is the best shape of your life you're ever going to be in. (laughs) And I remember looking at it. I remember I was like, what are you talking about? Like, she's darn right. right. (laughs) Nailed it, mom. You you get a little softer. You think, you know, that that 100 yards looks a little bit longer. Um, But I, I think, you know, as a player, you're so in the moment. And you you're with your guys, and sure. it just feels like it, it's it's just something that's that's happened. But when you're coaching, you know, you know how like hard was, it like is how to get, hard there. Is to get yeah. there. And when you do it for and a number the of years, too, right? right yeah, you because like, like when you were playing, you guys were never really ever bad, right? You guys were always pretty darn good, right? And then so you just assume that's that's that, right? And obviously, there's plenty of teams that are bad, and you know. So as a coach, we were, you know. We our record wasn't strong, and realizing how difficult that is, I think the biggest similarity between the 2007 team and this team is really just the team cohesiveness. And if you want to have success, and I think you know a lot of coaches will say this, is you got to have a team that plays for each other, sure. and a team that cares about each other, and shows up and works for each other. I mean, that's the group that you're going to battle with, and that's the group that's like grinding when no one else is looking, and like you know it's 25 degrees out, and we got to go out on the field and practice. You know, do those kids go and support each other and play for? each other well, and like the point you're making too is is a great example of also and i think this is one of the pivotal parts of college sports no matter what sport you're talking about is football maybe a little bit of an exception but you're never going to go undefeated and you're going to suffer a loss that's like a what the heck just happened loss absolutely or you, you get your you get your butt kicked or you you know you just blow one where you just play really bad and you dump it and if you don't play it for each other, you're not playing as a group. You're not that tight knit unit. It all it, it, it shifts you up the, the river, it, right? Yeah, it, it can de- but you derail guys you quickly. Ex- this is exactly what you're talking about with the college Idaho. Yeah, right? college I, Idaho comes in here, kicks your guys' butts, and then I think you guys only lost one match after that. Yeah, and I think that was probably. You know, that loss, as painful as embarrassed. I mean, I was truly embarrassed after I that remember, game. Yeah. And I didn't even watch the film for over a month um, after it, but. You know, I think it was the best thing that happened to the program because after we had a meeting the following Monday and, you know, most of what's said can't be repeated on the radio, but (laughs) it was was a good time to just kind of look internally. And, you know, it was a moment we we challenged the team and said, we've got two ways to go right now. We can continue down the road that we just were on when we played College of Idaho, or we can, you know, make drastic changes and work a lot harder and 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 make a difference. And fortunately, this group all responded, and a number of players who we called out responded and started playing some of their best lacrosse and really worked hard. And even the guys, you know, college sports is tough. There's there's a number of guys that don't see the field 
a lot during games, but they're there at every practice working, and we wouldn't be there without them because totally. you can't you can't grow as a group without beating on each other, without having guys to challenge you every day. And, you know, during the games, I, I, I told these kids all the time, you know, the ones that weren't on the field were some of our greatest assets because the energy on the bench was, I mean, we had one of the loudest, most enthusiastic benches during games cheering on our teammates. Guys would come off from making a hard play, and they had 15 guys there just rallying around them, screaming in their faces, cheering them on, which gives them the extra energy as you, you know, you continue to go, you know, deeper into a game, you're getting tired. Like that support internally for us was really a big part of it. And yeah, we did. We started playing good lacrosse and um, I think that it was that. And then the only other one was the Montana state game, which we unfortunately lost. But again, it was, that was, I think the two examples of the season that I think we turned around, one was the college of Idaho. We started playing better. And then we had another kind of falter moment against Montana state where we went like down zero to five or zero to six at the halftime. We didn't score a goal. Our defense was standing on its head, but our offense was sputtering. And, you know, we went back into the locker room and just, you know, you know, talked about as a group, you know, there, there were some, no one was picking on each other. It was just, how do, how do we change this? What do we do? How do we support each other to make this, like, we just have to change one thing. And we ended up rallying back and tying the game. And then Montana state got one late, but we, 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 we could have just packed up and gone home at that point. I mean, it was, it was nothing was going our way for 30 minutes and the guys came back and we were the better team for about 29 of the next 30 minutes. And, you know, we lost a close one, but seeing that, seeing the guys come back and f- so we had one game in college of Idaho where we got our butts kicked and we packed up and went home and, and we, th- that was that. But then that Montana state game where they fought back, where they never quit, um, showed me that this is a team that really does have the heart. The tail of tape this year for the Grizzly Cross team, 16 victories, including two at the national tournament, the first two on the national stage in 15 years, 11 out of 12 victories before a Final Four loss, 15-7 to to Rhode Island in Round Rock, Texas at the MCLA national tournament. So a Season to be very proud of. Tucker Sargent in studio with us. He's the head coach of the Grizzly Cross team. He also has a lot to do with Grizz hockey. What else you got? To I, I just want to. I want to add a couple of things hockey. about sure. uh, the the support that we felt at the national tournament yeah, too. Because super cool. the the watch parties that were going on in Missoula, the the number of people that were calling me or texting me post game. I mean, we felt it in Austin, yeah, or Round Rock, wherever we were. But we could feel it, and the players felt it, and that was really something that made the team proud to represent the University of Montana for where, you know, I get off the field and I had 85 text messages Love of people just like, so, and like, these weren't just like alumni and parents. I mean, I got professors at the university yeah, yeah. emailing me or, you know, p- parents in town whose kids playing youth lacrosse or something like that, where they're just all watching it. And I think one of the greatest things about Missoula is, you know, we get looked over for a lot of things, sure, but you know, most people outside of Missoula, and I can tell you certainly in Texas, they know us only for the show Yellowstone. But Just we, gag me. <laughs> absolutely. But the people that live here and know here know how special this is. And so, you know, when you when you have something to be proud of, it, it felt like a, it was a real honor to carry that torch for the university and for Missoula to give something people that where we could beat our chest and say, hey, we're not just a vacation destination, that we've got something. And the kids felt it. And the players, you know, they wanted to make people proud. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that was out there that played the, played the games, purchased the streams, and, you know, sent the messages. They were all heard and all felt. And it was, it was something that the team was definitely playing for. 
good things to come for Grizz Lacrosse. Also, some good news coming up for Grizz Hockey as well. I don't even know what it is. Tucker said he's got some stuff, some updates for the Grizz Hockey team. So we'll do that, plus some blindside next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. A slew of Montana natives claimed gold medals, and the Montana State men's and women's track teams had their best cumulative finish in a decade at the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships over the weekend in Pocatello, Idaho. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. On the women's side, Elena Carter, a Helena native, shared the most valuable athlete award after leading the Bobcats to a second-place finish behind untouchable powerhouse Northern Arizona. Carter earned a gold medal in the long jump and the 100-meter hurdles while getting second place in the 100 meters and running a leg on MSU's sprint relay team. Alex Hellenberg shared most valuable athlete award for the Bobcats after finishing second in the long jump Friday and winning the triple jump and the pole vault on Saturday. Other champions with Montana roots for MSU, which finished second in the men's competition as well, included distance running phenom Duncan Hamilton, who won the steeplechase Friday and placed in the 1,500 and 5,000 meters on Saturday. Fellow Bozeman product Lucy Corbett won the women's high jump Friday. For the University of Montana, Kalispell's Evan Todd earned the first men's Big Sky individual championship of the weekend for the Grizz by winning the Javelin. Forsyth native Paul Johnstone reached the podium in the 400 meters. For more on the Big Sky Outdoor Championships, tune into Nuanas now this week. At the Pac-12 Outdoor Championships, Billings native Christina Aragon capped her senior year by placing second for Stanford in the women's 1500 meters, and Missoula's Ashley McElmurray finished fifth for Nebraska in the women's long jump. ESPN Radio Missoula. Listen to a great podcast with the one and only David Byrne. How weird was that? It, he is so. I'm sorry that I fed you beef jerky and now I'm making you get on the radio. This is like Cagliari Tuesday when we uh, eat sandwiches on the radio. But uh, <laughs> it was so weird. I'll send it to you. You'll very much enjoy it. A little talking heads for you here on your Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on Nuanas Now. It is 1029 ESPN Radio, or maybe you're watching on SWX Montana Television, 
Or maybe you got yourself the ESPN Montana app. If you don't, go get it. Tons of great stuff on there. This show every day. Grizz Lacrosse and Grizz Hockey Games live and archive streamed. And a bunch of other stuff coming up for you this fall. Uh, so stay tuned for that. My good friend, former colleague, and a guy who wears many hats here in the city of Missoula, Tucker Sargent, joining me here in studio. It is the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Visit them online, nwmsrocks.com, for the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Chris, hockey, uh, a couple months away, so we got a little time to breathe now. You do. Uh, right, uh, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I well see I gotta do all my sales stuff now between now and football because right. I can't I gotta get football sold before football starts because I can't do anything besides just football right. when football's rolling. But regardless, uh, it was it's actually kind of fun this time of year though. I was talking to my brother about this on the golf course and I said, hey, guess what today is? And he said, what's that? I said, it's the last day of Big Sky Conference sports for the academic year because the track championships wrap up and that's it. Grizz lacrosse is in the books. Uh, tennis and and softball all finished last week. It was graduation weekend. We got the uh, state high school track meets coming up Memorial Day weekend, so a couple weeks. And we love sports, but one of the things I love most about sports is like the cyclical nature, just the turnover, right? The the rhythm of the seasons. And now when it comes to this season, now it's the next season. And and you can kind of just learn how to enjoy each one for what they are. The older you get, the more you can enjoy it, too. So uh, Grizzly Cross, a couple months away for the second season Grizz of hockey. The, or Grizz, Grizz hockey, excuse me, uh, for the uh, second season of the uh, the renewal of of Grizz hockey here in Missoula. So, uh, what's the latest? What's cooking? Well, we, we've been working pretty hard. At, we we looked at last season and the success that it was, and and really again uh, the the fan turnout in Missoula. And the, my biggest um, goal from last season to next season is how do we inc- you know make that experience better for the fans. Right. Um, and, you know, it came down to two things. More quality home games and uh, a better ticketing experience. Hmm. So okay. um, both of which are easier said than done when you're managing, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's home games, schedules, and different teams and everything else that's out there and, and how to balance that and share the rank with the other user groups and, you know, make sure that, you know, this youth hockey is still viable and figure skating and everything else. Like, you know, we're, we're a partner in the rink. Um, so working around that, but we, we do have a schedule that is pretty much set now, Very um, cool. which will do you be, enjoy that part of it, making the schedule. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty fun. So there, it, it, you talking to the other coaches and working around that and also just kind of planning on, you know, there, there's certain, there's an art to building a schedule. Oh, no too. question. Um, and I think people maybe don't get that part in college athletics. In some sports, the athletic department, specifically the athletic director and his internal people are building the schedule in other sports. It's a lot on the coach. And in your role uh, with both Grizz Hockey and Grizz Lacrosse, it's almost exclusively on you, right? So it's entirely on if you. If, yeah, you don't, so. if you don't like it, then that would it's be a, quite you got to find another job. But there um, is an art to it, though, right, in terms of who's paying who to go where, yep. uh, how much can we make at the gate for these opponents, the oh, budget, totally. all it, it, it's very fun. Traveling budgets, where you're going, how to line it up. I mean, yeah, you're essentially just a big travel agent and then trying to figure out, you know, how can you maximize, you know, ticket sales and all of that. Um, so we will be releasing the schedule here uh, forthcoming, but it looks like we're going to have 16 home games. Very cool. Uh, which is uh, a few more than last year, and I think the appetite of Missoula showed that we could use a few more. 
um, and also uh, building in a few higher quality opponents too. We're going to push this team this year. So year one was just trying to get something done and we were a little late to the race and so we kind of just took who we could get um, and we had a couple of games in there that you know we put together a, a pretty decent team and had some opponents that really had no business being on the ice with us. So we, we removed those. Um, you're not going to see an Idaho this year. Um, which was a, a good thing because no one likes to watch a 15 to one win. That seems sort of silly. <laughs> right. Uh, I think we've already graduated that. So you know, you know, now we're looking at largely uh, teams that were you know in the regional and national tournament because that's again we're trying to build up to that. So um, you know, we want to see the best competition, and you know, I think that we're putting the coaches are putting together. Will Grossman and uh, Mike Anderson have put together you know bringing in some good guys that can handle it. Um, so it's going to be a challenging schedule, but I think you know having those home games and the fans and the support that we get definitely helps Missoula win. Um, and the crowd support also, it's bringing kids in. And I've said this a lot, but if you want to have a good hockey program, keep showing up because kids around the country are seeing what we're doing in Missoula. And we are getting, even in year two, better players that want to be a part and play in front of this crowd. So very excited about that. So we've got 16 home games to look forward to. Um, and probably in the next week or so, we'll release the schedule with the opponents and the dates. And then the second big announcement is the ticketing experience. And I've had a lot of people um, asking about when can they buy season tickets and right. when's that going to release. And we've been working really hard um, with a, an online digital ticketing company to uh, make the whole accessing games easier and more seamless and people aren't waiting in line as long. So we've, we've put people off, but we're getting there. Uh, I'm currently building a seating chart of the Glacier Ice Rink, which has never nice. been done before. So there were some background things sure. to do. But um, going forward, you, uh, people will be able to buy tickets online, either season tickets or individual games. Um, and we're going to have about 600 reserve seats so people can purchase actual seats, whether it's for a season ticket or on a game by game basis. And so that when you get there, you don't have, we had people showing up last year an hour and a half early because it was all general admission and, sure, and a right. mess and people were trying to get a seat so that before they were all taken. So now you, you don't have to show up an Which hour and a half early. You right. just, you, you get your seat and it's reserved for you. Um, we will still have the general admission, just kind of standing room, filling up the other areas and as well as the incredibly raucous and fun student section will be back and alive. But, um, you know, now that you, it can be something that you just get on your phone, you get the QR code or whatever it is. I haven't even seen it yet, but they'll come in, scan it, and you're good to go. So really trying to cut down on the lines. I mean, there was a couple of games there where lines were wrapping around the rink. You know, you're looking at 300 people deep. This should really speed that up um, and getting people in the door and also just helping, you know, you don't have to wait till the day of to get a ticket. You can go out, you can, you know, in G in July, hopefully you can buy the tickets that you want. And, uh, obviously there'll still be game day tickets available, but, um, we're hoping to get about 1400 per game. Like we saw last year, the best way to follow Grizz hockey is by buying said tickets. We'll keep you apprised of how to do that. As soon as all those details come about, you can always, always listen here. Nuanas now we'll be giving you tickets away every single week. And if you can't make it to the games, we'll have the games for you here on ESPN Missoula as well as on the new ESPN Montana app. So Grizz Hockey uh, coming down the pipe on the horizon faster than we uh, maybe want to admit. So that'll be very fun. First game, September 30th. Wow, so. here we go. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Tucker Sargent, many different hats, but a, a former colleague of us here. Today's the ESPN Radio. Montana yeah, the, 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 Now the ESPN Montana version of Tucker Sargent uh, comes at you right after this. We're going to play a little blindside, including sticking on the 
a hockey theme. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. You're going to go to this show, Coulter? Oh. Kettle House Amphitheater opens next Tuesday, 311 in town. Of course I'm going to go. Once upon a time, <laughs> once upon a time when I was, uh, I was probably 12 or 13 years old, I certainly could not drive, nor did I have a bank account. But I did have some form of making money. I think it was probably a, a pine needles and... Uh, uh, Ponderosa Pine Branch hustle of some sort. Or maybe it was a, a card slaying hustle. Either way, yeah. once upon a time as a middle schooler, saved up some money and bought tickets to 311 and Sugar Ray at the Adams Center. Sugar Ray? But, but then couldn't find anybody to take me and my best friend. <laughs> and our parents <laughs> said, nope, you're not going. No. And unless you guys want to get it, you got to get your own ride or you got to walk. Oh. And so we ended up selling the tickets. Man, if only there was Uber then. That's right. I see. Exactly. <laughs> I need retribution. My 13-year-old self has to go see 311. I got to tell you, man, late late 90s, early 2000s, like pop rock. That's your it, thing? It, yeah. That's your jam? Good. Yeah, a lot of people don't admit to that, but... Tommy discovered that Smash Mouth was not just the band of the Shrek soundtrack. Yeah, like, man, I'm here to say, like, <laughs> Smash Mouth is one of the best bands I've maybe ever heard. <laughs> and I just now started, like, listening to them. They're great. Oh, this is the greatest. <laughs> so Smash Mouth to tie it back into sports giant 49ers fans. Oh, interesting. Yeah. G- gotta love it. Well, we we be walking on the sun around here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Maybe I'll see you. Maybe we will see you out at the Kettle House Amphitheater or at the Wilma. I don't know. I'm trying to go to every single possible show I can. I basically now allotted in my mind budgeting money to go to shows because I'm just like, I just want to go to all of them. Why not? Great fodder for this show. Great part of Missoula. I mean, in my opinion, probably the best part of Missoula. So uh, maybe we'll see you around. The Wilma, the Top Hat, the Kettle House Amphitheater. Thanks for listening to Nuanas. Now, I missed anything in today's show. We've done the Montana Sports Hour with the news of the day in the Big Sky Conference. Randy Ray out at Weber State. He retires after 16 seasons leading Weber State men's basketball. We also gave you a couple tidbits of news from over the weekend, including the top finishers from around the Big Sky Conference and otherwise in collegiate track and field. We also talked some NFL Big Sky Conference style. Just how many NFL hopefuls do you need on your Big Sky Conference roster if you want to be a conference champion type team? And second hour, been a great pleasure to be joined by my great friend Tucker Sargent here in studio. He is the head coach of the Grizz Lacrosse team, one of the general manager of the Grizz hockey team, and also the former co-host of this show. You can find everything from today's Nuanas Now on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as 
the advocates. All right, we got about six minutes left, and we were going to play a full blindside, but we don't have much time for that. But it was a great conversation about Grizzly Cross. So if you missed it, go find it on the podcast. But my blindside for you is very easy. It's a parlay out of this Grizz hockey. Speaking of parlay, uh, we will be hosting a remote at Sportsbet Mon- or excuse me, at the Desperado, sponsored by Sportsbet Montana on Friday. And one of the main entry points for the remote is Sportsbet Montana's betting kiosks, but specifically when it comes to the NHL playoffs. So my blindside for you is. Give me a pitch. What should I, why should I like the NHL playoffs right now? And what should I like about the NHL playoffs right now? This is a tough one because I've had my head in the sand. (laughs) Unfair question because Tucker's been on the road for weeks. I I honestly like, you know. Usually if you're down at the hockey lacrosse store, you're getting people talking to you more tied into it. But I I, like the way the lacrosse season worked out. I've been, I I just found out from a buddy of mine. I'm a Bruins fan and he goes, oh, it's not looking good for the Bruins. And I looked it up and I go, you know, they were down going to the third game seven. I go, they just need a good period. They got a goal. Canes did, but it wasn't enough. So now the Bruins are out of it. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I don't even really know who's in. The, uh, Tampa the Bay won a game seven so Tampa's, uh, yeah. over the weekend, and, and they're gunning for a, what? A, I believe a third straight Stanley Cup. Is that right? Is Tampa Bay the two-time defending? I think Stanley so. Cup yeah. Champions? So my, my pitch on hockey would be: it, it's just it's a it's a sport you got to watch. And I've, I went to two NHL games this year live, um, and I think it's just I mean. It's got speed. It's got action. It's just, it's fun. And because it's playoffs, it it elevates it to another level. But I can enjoy a hockey game regardless whether it's my team or not. And I think there's a lot of sports out there uh, that certainly don't. This ties kind of into my blind side for you. But my blind side view is very simple, Coulter. Did the Celtics win yesterday? They did. They did. All right. Oh, they, they destroyed. Yesterday... This is actually funny. For all the uh, the get-off-my-lawn people that are saying, well, the NBA is nothing what it used to be. It's not as physical. That's, that's objectively untrue. But also all the people that say, well, the game is just so much more spread out right now. I don't like watching it because they don't play any defense. That's also objectively not true. But for all of the old-school people, for all the people that have bemoan the prioritization of the three-pointer, yesterday was both a stark example of how much it matters and also how much it can hurt you because the Boston Celtics went out and made 21 three-pointers. Grant Williams, who is there completely anonymous until yesterday, uh, power forward, he hit, count them, seven three-pointers. It took him about 20 attempts to get there because they were leaving him wide open. But the Milwaukee Bucks went, I think, four of 35 from beyond the arc. So the Celtics killed him with the three-point shot. The Bucks killed themselves by missing most of their three-point shots. And uh, I think that the thing that the last couple of years of the playoffs has shown us is that the three-point shot can get you to a certain point, but it's going to hurt you more than it helps you when it gets to the ultimate point. Because if teams only have to take that away, and then they make a couple themselves, right. it's the I think it's the biggest disparity of any sort of score that exists in sports. Because it's a full one-third more, worth one-third more points than any other score. And that's n- unlike any other sport. Right, you can live and die by that. And I mean, I, I'm exposing my colors here, but I am very much, I'm a Boston sports guy. I mean, those are the teams I grew up rooting for. Uh, but... I'm also a giant bandwagon Boston sports guy. Okay. 
And well, the Celtics I, have a very legitimate chance to win the championship for sure. Well, that's fantastic to hear. <laughs> I'm really excited by that. And now I'll start paying attention more. And I remember when we were at the hotel in Round Rock, I saw, you know, for games, it was either game six or no, no, it was, it was, it was game four. It was, so it was going into game five. They were tied two to two and Boston had a lead and loss that we were watching at the hotel bar after the game. And I was like, oh man, I should start paying attention more. It's, it's great to see how they're doing. Yeah. And then I, I forgot and I looked at my phone and said they were playing at 1.30 yesterday and I forgot to pay attention. I've yeah. been wondering all day whether they, they won. won or not, but I figured no better place to find out in the hair than live on air. Well, it's always fun, too, when your, uh, your allegiance lines up within having great players play for your team. And Jason Tatum is one of the best and most likable guys uh, in all pro sports right now. And I think that uh, he has a real chance to be a star. Well, he is a star. He has a real chance to be a long-term superstar that lasts for a really long well, time. Well, and it's, it's always been tough, too, balancing hockey and lacrosse. Hockey is, you know, more of the sport that I, I do follow. Right. But now that the Bruins are out, sure. I, I can really get on the, the Celtics bandwagon. So I'm excited for that. Coming out us on Friday at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill from 4 to 7. We'll talk hockey and other things in a promotion for Sports Bet Montana. An update from the NHL playoffs. The New York Rangers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime for a Game 7 victory yesterday. The Calgary Flames beat the Dallas Stars in overtime for a Game 7 victory on Sunday. And the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning also won a Game 7 on Saturday, 2-1 over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Edmonton also beat uh, the LA Kings in a Game 7. And the Bruins, they lost in a Game 7 to the Carolina Hurricanes. So over the last weekend, five, count them, five uh, Game 7s. The first-round matchups include the – or the second-round matchup, excuse me, include Lightning versus the Panthers, the St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche, the New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Edmonton Oilers versus Calgary. Looks like our setup for Friday will be – uh, so that, that Rangers, really, Rangers, Carolina, Edmonton, Calgary. So Edmonton, Calgary, great. Yeah. But I hate the fact that two Canadian teams line up this early. Right, for sure. They're always just eliminating each other. No doubt about it. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Great guest list for you, including the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports a few days early. In the meantime, have yourself a phenomenal Monday evening, and thank you so much for listening to Nuanas Now. This has been Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. See you tomorrow. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.